Welcome to the DLR Libraries podcast, Need to Read. Recommended reads from those in the know. Today I'm talking to Keelan Ryan. Keelan is a novelist, actor and filmmaker. His best-selling debut novel, The Middle Place, was published by Mercier Press in 2019 and was a winner of the Irish Writers' Centre Novel Fair. He's written for the Irish Times and has had work published by the O'Brien Press. He also wrote and produced Amazon's Prime, Amazon Prime's award-winning feature film, Lift, that's in 2018. So, Keelan, you're very welcome and thanks for speaking to me today. Thanks for having me, Hayley. No problem. Uh, so, you work across all disciplines in the arts. You write, you act, and you're also a filmmaker. Can you tell me a little bit about this? And um, you do? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's just kind of what I've always been, been into. So, thankfully, the last few years have been able to kind of focus more just on those things and trying to get films made and, you know, getting the book out there and all that. So, and uh, so your book, um, The Middle Place, it's sort of a man, ref- I don't want to give anything away, but maybe it, maybe you find out straight away, but reflecting back on his life from sort of purgatory. Um, yeah, yeah, well, it says yeah. it on the back of the book, so you, you're okay, not giving cool. it away. It's, uh, well, the back says, I actually happen to have a copy. Okay, right great. Uh, it says, one punch, that was all. Now I'm dead, but not gone, stuck in the middle place. Watching my family try to cope with this tragedy, watching my killer hoping to get my revenge, I just have to figure out how. So, yeah, it's about a guy who's been killed in a one-punch attack, and um, yeah, he basically looks back over his life, and he's trying to figure it all out as he looks at his loved ones and and the guy who's responsible for his death. And it's funny. Funny, but but fun. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, sounds fun. No, I did read some extracts of it, actually, and you do a great... uh, sort of monologue from it on Mercier website as well. So it's kind of nice that you are an oh, actor yeah. and you, you can kind of bring it to life as well. Uh, oh, so it does, it does seem very sort of relatable um, the way, I guess, yeah. breaking fourth wall kind of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tried to just make it very conversational that it's, it's, it is like just a guy talking directly to you about what's going on. So um, yeah, just very conversation. They're very normal. I think Irish people in particular seem to have kind of related to it because it is, you know, yeah. just very normal people in a normal kind of family yeah. that has to deal with this kind of thing you know and i wonder if it because uh, today your book choices are books that kind of deal with the male psyche or at least they're thought of as sort of classical classic male books although they're really popular and enjoyed by everybody so can you tell me a little bit about what drew you to these these books and and then we can maybe start with the first one as well. yeah well actually funny enough you know you're saying you know that they are kind of classically male books maybe the guys kind of love but like my my wife my wife put me on to all three of these books so she loved them uh, yeah, yeah so uh well actually probably uh, well it's just one flow of the cuckoo's nest uh the old man to see and high fidelity i think high fidelity might be the, you know i think everybody's reading it at the time so maybe not that one but, but certainly the other two she put me on to um cuckoo's nest was obviously i mean everybody's seen the film or at least most people have seen the film so i loved the film growing up i think it's like my dad's favorite movie so I was telling her about that. This is many years ago, and uh, when, and um, she ended up getting the book because she loved the film so much that she hadn't seen it. I was just going on about how good it was, you know. And I said, "Well, I, you know, you think you know the story so well because I'd seen the film many times." And then something happened to me when I read it, like because it's it's quite different. I mean, the storyline is very is very much the same as the as the movie, but you know, it's from uh, the chief's uh, chief Brandon's point of view, so it's quite different. That the you know this the angle you're getting from it. And I just couldn't believe when I was reading it, just kind of the, the writing of it and the narration that uh, that the chief had how the chief talks. And it, I had forgotten. Oh, so sorry. Um, 
when I first read it, that's literally the book that made me want to to be a writer. Like, um, okay, yeah. And I'd never really wanted to. I'd never had any aspirations to be a writer, and it was just something about it. I don't know what the hell it was, but when I read it, I was like, I have to write a book, you know, which is kind of yeah. weird. But yeah, I mean, my book is nothing like it. But it it, it was just, yeah, it just affected it? me d- kind of deeply, you know. Yeah, and it made it seem possible as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I was always a kind of, you know, a bit of a reader or whatever, but there's just something about it. But then I was kind of wondering, what was it about it that that made me, because it's probably 15 years since since I read it, you know, or yeah. down here. And I was like, what, what was it about it? That, that... So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's basically been about 15 years since I read it. So, and I, you know, I know, know the story so well. We, we ended up actually so into the, the book and the film and all that went over to the London Secret. Christian Slater in, in the play, um, which was cool, you know. So I thought I could, I, I can, um, you know, I didn't know talk. that that he was in it. In this is a good, good, yeah, yeah, a good few years back again. It was brilliant, you know. So I kind of loved the story and all that, but uh, again, it was just I'd forgotten what it was about it. So I thought we had to talk about the story, but really, I mean, the story's cool and all that, but it's really just the the, the way the chief talks and the descriptions of it, the, the, the narration, how sad it is, how kind of powerful it is and, you know, how funny it is. And it really is just from his point of view. And it's a very unique kind of uh, narrator, I think, kind of coming from this, you know, Native American telling the story of this very strange time. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm about halfway through it again. I started reading it there during the week. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I just stopped everything else I'm reading, just trying to want to yeah. get through it again, you know. Because the film does, I, I haven't read, that's the only one I haven't read of your choices, but I have seen the film. The film, you remember Jack Nicholson as the main yeah. character, but in the book, or in my research for this, I, I kind of realised, like, the, I didn't realise how integral the big chief was in the story. Yeah, there, I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, McMurphy, who's a Jack Nicholson character, is still very much the, you know, the charismatic one. He comes in and he, he's the anti-establishment and he inspires them all. But, you know, with the chief... Um, in the book you, you really he goes into his life you know thinking about his dad and where he came from and he's got a real beautiful way of, of of talking and looking at the world but at the same time which i had kind of forgotten about was how he is a paranoid schizophrenic like he, he he's he talks about the combine behind the wall that that's in charge of everything and how they're all hooked up to it and he he, he isn't mad like but at the same time he's kind of right about what he's talking about even though he's mm-hmm. coming at it from a you know a slightly insane way yeah. Um, and it's just, and he's just very much aware. He's he's kind of very clued in, and he, he he's he's spot on with his assumptions of people, or his, or how he how the chief just has a great read on it. All the, oh, all yeah. the other characters on it. So even though he's paranoid schizophrenic, he's kind of spot on with it with his thoughts. You know. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating, really. You know, yeah. reading it again, and 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 seeing that. So anybody who is a fan of the movie or just knows the story as a as a feat of writing, you know, I'd highly recommend. Just check yeah. it out. It's a beautiful. Ken Kesey seems like an interesting guy himself. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I think he, you know, I mean, he was pretty young when he wrote it again, which, you know, but he, he, he was, I think he was like a guinea pig for the FBI testing like psychedelic drugs and stuff while he was writing this. And he was working in a mental hospital, you know, mm-hmm. working this. And one of the things he noticed was he really thought or an insane asylum, whatever they called them back then. Was he didn't think they were insane, you know. He thought they were just people that didn't maybe quite fit into normal society, and he, he you know, he, he he felt sorry for them, I guess, and and wanted to kind of give them a bit of a voice. And even in in the book, there's a good quote, something along the lines of, um, you know, uh, you don't see me talking to one of the patients. You don't see any crazier than um, the average asshole on the street, you know. And 
Yeah. And they're and they're and they're kind of not. They just they, they don't really have a have a place, you know, in the real world, I suppose. And and Keith yeah. just kind of shines a light on that a bit. And, and you know, there's a lot about the electroshock therapy and all the kind of messed up. Uh, so-called cures they would have had for them back then you know and the botanies or whatever so it's yeah it's kind of sad like you know it's it's, it's just it's 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 just like they, look at the people who aren't usually looked at i suppose you know and they didn't really know what to do with them so they would just i guess sedate them or yeah um, absolutely if they were too violent or ever give them that shock therapy or absolutely or, yeah. <laughs> or something like that yeah exactly no yeah 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 i did read but set in is it oregon or Salem yeah. Hospital, and uh, so it's based on a like a. They had one of the the doctors in it, in the film. Sorry, I'm thinking of the film. Uh, he actually did work in the hospital, and he treated um, McMurphy's rap sheet as he would a normal patient. So he was just reading through it and reacting to it as he would a normal patient. Um, so they 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 had a lot of sort of real people in in the film that like worked in mental hospitals and were sort of dealing with those. Oh, actually, in the film, yeah. all oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Is there a connection to LSD in the book? I know he was part of experiments with LSD, or and at the time, it was a real sort of rebelling against sort of yeah. authority and the institution, the man and institutions. No, there's not. But I like I can't help you can't help but read it when he's when he's talking about some of the like you know the hallucinating the chief might be doing or whatever. There was he did he yeah. Um, you know, was this something he experienced on him while working on the hospitals? He was a night porter. Yeah, so there's not so much the LSD as much, but there's certainly you can you can tell that he's it's, he's talking from experience about the patients. Like there's there's things that happen in it that you just you just like like all three of these books actually. I think they just reek of of uh, authenticity. Like you know, yeah, you, the the writer's speaking from experience, and you know that you know these characters are based on on real people that he would have worked with you know, yeah. or worked for or, or, or been in contact with. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of sad um, that he wasn't happy with the film or he wasn't included or in that. Yeah, well, I uh, yeah, I think there's kind of mixed things about that. I mean, the I think his main thing was that he hated the fact that it wasn't from the chief's point of view, because mm -hmm. obviously that's what the whole book is. And it was focused on, on the Jack Nicholson character. And I think at first he wasn't too into the... Um, Jack Nixon casting because you know in the, he is quite different in the book. He's more of a kind of a cowboy, kind of a big six foot tall kind of Irish American mm -hmm. ginger hair kind of larger than life. Now Nixon, I think, totally did his own thing, but he's incredible in it. But yeah, I suppose if you, you know for Casey, he, he you know it is from the chief's point of view. So his main protagonist isn't you know is a secondary character, and then it did you know the way he's portrayed is quite different. Yeah, I think he's one of these guys who says he never watched it, which is, you know, which I wouldn't really believe when he keeps, he does seem like a genuine yeah. kind of mad bastard. So maybe he didn't, you maybe, know. Yeah. But I think yeah. his wife said that he was kind of supportive of it later on, you know. Milas Foreman, actually, he directed it. We did um, a film club here of his first film, uh, Black Peter. So he, he's great. Um, I, I actually, I've, I've only seen Black Peter and this film of his. But oh, right, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. Black Peter. Czech New Wave, so... Um, yeah, like I mean, it's a, it's an amazing film. You know, yeah. I love the film, and and to be fair to the film as well, like I mean, it's it's pretty accurate. You know, in terms of of, of, of the plot, it's it's very very accurate. Yeah, you know, it's a very fair portrayal of the story. But um, yeah, but funny enough, yeah. you know, even though it's such a classic movie, I you know reading it this time around, I say, you know what, you could easily see an, uh, another remake of this and do it from the chief's point of view because yeah. it, it is kind of what it's mad. Like it, it, it like he's 
it goes in and out of kind of, of reality, you know, and, and his, yeah. you know, he, he, he is, as I said, kind of insane. I mean, he's, lit, he's in an insane asylum for decades, this guy. Yeah. So, and he's been processed. I think he was electroshock therapy like 200 times. And Also then I guess it gave us Nurse Ratchet. He's just such a great villain. Absolutely. To... You know, and, and again, you know, kind of reading up about it just before doing this podcast, you know, I've seen there's kind of there's a new thing about it being kind of misogynist or racist kind of a book, you know, because Nurse Ratchet is the, you know, the villain. And I just think it's ridiculous, like, you know, because she's such an incredible character and she's multi-layered and, you know, just to have a woman being a villain, does that make it misogynistic, you know? And like some of the characters, yeah. of course, they're, you know, they live in a sane asylum in this 1960, you know, they are going to say some off-color things. So it's this kind of revision yeah. to a little bit where characters even have to speak in such a kind of a woke standard but you know by today's standards you know so it's kind of frustrating yeah. when you read it, i just feel like they're missing the point you know yeah it's of its time and um... yeah i mean it's to us i mean dialogue to an extent you could say of its time which you know but i think the the message behind the book and all that you know is, is kind of timeless and I, I just she is an incredible character and you know, she does represent, I mean, you know, and, and it's, if they had her as a doctor or a male nurse, which of course there wouldn't be male nurses back then, the dynamic wouldn't have been as, as strong because especially coming from, you know, 50s or 60s America where women yeah. were, you know, uh, kind of on a lower class, they're kind of lower down the pecking order than men, you know, even more so than they are now. Yeah. To have it, the role reversal there, you know, it would have affected the likes of a McMurphy even yeah. more you know so it yeah. just it created a stronger kind of you know push against the two of them you know ha- having having her as a woman and, and being a, such a great character and you know the show she's great it, yeah i did read that she said um well, the actress louise fletcher she was talking about the nurse and just how dangerous she is as a character because she doesn't see her behavior as it really is like she doesn't think that she's evil she thinks that she's doing good yeah that she she's got the, their best interests at heart which is and as because she knows them the most out of the doctors or everyone she gets put in that position of power where she can make those decisions about who gets you know yeah. lobotomy or who gets drugs or the electroshock treatment so she thought that was what made her so frightening is that she she, she is. didn't think she was being evil at all <laughs> yeah and she kind of does it with a smile on her face you know and again i think Kesey is a particularly good knack of of descriptions i mean again reading it, it's, it's, it's a good exercise for me just seeing how because sometimes you're if you're writing you kind of think you know the facial expressions or something it's like how do i write that facial expression and he just has it down you know yeah. so you can really really picture you know that kind of yeah you know that kind of smile that people kind of give when they're kind of giving you bad news that kind of snide kind of capture that you can just you just know her you know you, you you've been in situations like that and she she she's so kind of messed up because she doesn't want to give them anything but at the same time like you say she kind of she sees herself as so kind of superior and and it does on some level have their best interests but it's just kind of misguided and it, yeah 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 it's messed up yeah do you have a quote from the book that you particularly like yeah, well, there was just this little passage I read the other day that I thought kind of summed, summed up a, a little bit of what I'm talking about in terms of the descriptions and, and just the, kind of the, the sadness that can creep into this, this book. And was the way the chief describes the two different types of patients living there are acutes and chronics. And acutes are kind of, you know, that can interact every day, you know, kind of normal enough. And the chronics are, you know, seriously, you know, mentally challenged or whatever. And this one guy, you know, he hasn't really said anything. He's, it's, it's a defect since he, when he was born, the doctor kind of, uh, clamp his head wrong and you know he's been like this ever since but he says 
um, he starts calling out and he's disrupting the, the group. He says, I can't help it. I was born a miscarriage. I had so many insults, I died. I was born dead. I can't help it. I'm tired. Um, and he goes on, you know, I'm tired talking, talking and standing. I, I've been dead 55 years. So instead of trying to help him, they, you know, the, the, the black boys, as the chief calls them, they kind of, they call them down and, and the nurse goes over and gives him, nurse, the ratchet gives him a needle. And then the chief is just watching all this. And he said, uh, he had come to life for maybe a minute to try to tell something, something none of us cared to listen to or try to understand. And the effort had drained him dry. The shot in the hip was as wasted as if she'd squirted it in a dead man. No heart to pump it, no vein to carry it up to his head, no brain up there for it to mortify with its poison. She just as well shot it in a dried out old cadaver. Pete never tried anything like that again, and he never will. Now when he starts acting up during a meeting and they try to hush him, he always hushes. They still get up from time to time and wag his head and let us know how tired he is but it's not a complaint or an excuse or warning anyone. He's finished with that. It's like an old clock that won't tell time, but won't stop neither. With the, with the hands bent out of shape, and the face bare of numbers, and the alarm bell rusted silent. An old, worthless clock that just keeps ticking and cuckooing without meaning nothing. Right, it's, it's horrible to think of people wasting away like that. It's kind of what they, a lot of these institutions do, rather than like, you know, reform or help or, yeah, and it lends yeah. itself to that. And I, I mean, even just the way he says, I mean, I, I was kind of reading it, like, Jesus, a born miscarriage. It's just kind of such a sad way for this guy to see himself as, you know. And yeah. he's 55 now and he's kind of, he's lived his life. And, and not just, oh, he's, he's away at the fairies or whatever. Like, he knows, you know, he just can't communicate, can't do anything. And he finally tries to, and they, they sedate him, you know. And, you know, and the way he just describes him as a, as a, as a clock that's broke, you know, that, that yeah. doesn't tell time, but isn't broken either, you know, it's going to have ticking along, you know. Yeah, because it's kind of like, obviously the, the book kind of symbolises lots of things, like there's the kind of McMurphy trying to get them all to like rebel against society, don't accept this is the way you are, but then there are a lot of people who actually probably come across very normal, but are quite disturbed, maybe like they've killed people and they're in there for that. Yeah. And then there are people who are just need more care. Yeah, I think it, it, you know, it's it, it, it's 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 super relevant today. Even you know, just you know, I mean, the Casey's writing about you know mis misdiagnosis and mistreating kind of these mental health might be mild enough mental health issues that was happening in the sixties. You know. And uh, so, what book would you like to talk about next? Well, I suppose my all-time favorite book. It used to be Cuckoo's Nest until I read uh, The Old Man in the Sea, mm -hmm. um, and. Well, I, mean, I think these three, the three books we're talking about are my kind of favourite books for, for different reasons. But mm -hmm. The Old Man, The Sea, again, is another one that my uh, wife put me on to. Um, oh, yeah. And I think she, she, she uh, what she said when, when, when she read it or told me to read it, um, is kind of how I always describe it. And it's just said, as a feat of writing, you just have to have to read this because I don't know how he's done it. And I, I've read it, you know, a good few times and I, I don't know how he's doing it, how he's made this this book so captivating it's you know basically about a guy who goes out to try and catch a fish all by himself and it's just you know <laughs> I, mm -hmm. yeah again I, just a, as a piece of writing if i you know if i want to feel bad about myself as a writer you know just read a bit of Hemingway and just go, you're going to punish yourself That's yeah and you know it's 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 just a, a beautiful book yeah it really yeah powerful. it's very different to his other books would you yeah, say yeah yeah i mean he still he always has that kind of that blunt kind of 
you know, manliness kind of way of writing, you know, uh, that kind of a, that uh, idealistic kind of male kind of, kind of characters, you know. Um, but this is probably his most Hemingway book. Yeah. Does, you know, that's what it is. It's kind of that romantic um, kind of view of what a man can be, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's probably a version of him and maybe a better version, you know. I mean, as awesome as he, he seems, obviously, you know, he, he's... Uh, you know, he lived a mad life, so I'd say that you know this is a part of him. And again, like like um, Cuckoo's Nest, it, the, the authenticity in it there. You know that he he's talking from experience. You know, I mean, there's, there's a bit in it where the old man, when he was a young man, has an armrest of the last like two three days, and it's just so out there of a story. It sounds so like unbelievable that 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 this an armrest could last that long, but yet it's 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 written so. Uh, vividly that whether he was either in that arm wrestle or he was in that room betting on the guys who were you know it just yeah. feels like he was there he in Cuba because he did live such a crazy life I, I did I read that his I don't know again I can't remember who this is but a biographer would question some of the stories because they seem so out there but then Hemingway would come back with proof or something <laughs> so like yeah, a lot of what yeah. he says is true or maybe <laughs> yeah well the, well he has a way of making him sound true anyway like you know um rereading kesey i kind of know that i see big similarities with them and then again just reading up on kesey a bit he was influenced by Hemingway. but yeah it, it's just brilliant and then you know I, um i've been rereading it again throughout the lockdown um my daughter is 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 three so i thought i, I wasn't sure if it would you know resonate with her if it would work but i thought you know when we're going to bed i re read it yeah because you know, it's about it's very you know it's a simple story it's a, you know it's about a fish an old man a little boy and you know i was kind of aware like you know i like the idea of it more you know kind of yeah you know, it's one, reading like Hemingway to my three-year-old i thought it was so cool but it actually worked like she, she's mad into it so that and yeah. are, her, are her two favorite books. but she, she so and we're on our second so aspirational yeah but it's brilliant you know and then it made me kind of you know break down everything for her and this means that and you know and look at some of the some of the metaphors in it i suppose and, and they're all very you know they, they do they do so again it's, right, it's, it's, a, it's a real fable isn't it so i guess yeah. there's lots of symbols in it absolutely and kids get that you know and yeah she loves it she like she asks for it every single night you know would you be oh. to maybe two pages what does she call it does she know does she say the old man in the sea she's always yeah can you be the old man in the sea oh, you know? and we, we just kind of do it so i've nearly finished it again with her so i'm gonna have to try to figure out some other and what kind of questions I'm interested in? What kind of questions would she ask when you're reading it? She'll ask things like, um, why did they, why did, um, she doesn't ask as many questions now because we've, we've gone through yeah. it. Uh, but at, the, at first um, she'd ask like, why did, the little, why did the little boy's parents not let him in the boat with the old man, you know? Oh, She's yeah. constantly asking how big the fish is. Um, she, she, and she, you know, getting the concept of, of having to, to work, you know, yeah. especially yeah. when you've been working at home for the last year, you know, yeah. she, you know, and I was trying to explain to her, you know, that that's cash and fish so he can, you know, pay for his food and, yeah. his, and all this. So she kind of kept asking about that a lot as well. And I, I don't know, you know, now it's probably might have been I was hand, like, I don't know, can we talk about the endings of books and this thing or do you want to have spoilers um, or? Yeah, I would just say spoiler, close your ears, spoiler coming. Okay, so here's spoiler, close your ears. Um, I won't give too much of a spoiler, but like there, there's a, there's the things about it that, that about him dreaming of lions when he was a kid, you know. Um, and I might, like he, he mentions it only three times in the book and I'm at the beginning, the middle, at the end. And I, I pro probably was hammering up the bit because I loved that element of it, you know, um, him as a kid and being... Um, it being a happy memory from him, so you kind of know he's going to be okay. You just got to relax, and you know, 
But anyway, I was reading that bit at the start of it, and that she loves lions and beaches and you know all that kind of thing that kids love. So she she would ask about it quite often throughout the book. Obviously, when he's going through some pain, you know, uh, does he want to be just looking at the lions or dreaming of lions? I'm like, my daughter's a genius, you know, because <laughs> that like it, it it comes around back to that, you know. So she was definitely um, yeah yeah super into it. And, you know, that's great. It's such a gift. Such a gift to give her. So when she's older, she'll be able to say, you know, my dad read me Hemingway. Or, yeah, that's kind of yeah. why I was doing. You know, my dad. So you know, yeah, he read. Just me give her that. That's even yeah, that I got, I've got to keep doing it until she told me memories. But I'm definitely looking forward to that. Oh wow, your daddy must have been awesome. You know, you really <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but because it, it's not. I mean, not that it matters, but it is. It's a very short book. I've got it. Got it here. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like yeah. pocket pocket sized. Um, but it's lovely. I yeah, I read it ages ago. But yeah, I think it's it's very it's a very likable book. Yeah, and like you say, because it's so short. Um, that's another thing why I'm so impressed how we managed to make it so captivating. You know, to me, and you know, obviously, to it's a, it's a very popular book. But it, it's just it's a very unusual book. It's you know, it's it's very like you say, it's short. It's 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 a very simple story, and it's like it's just full of kind of symbols. And but at the same time you know, without overindulging anything. It is still about a guy just trying to catch a fish. So I, again, it's the thing that just impressed me. I just, I don't know how, yeah. I don't know what it is about it. Something happens when you're reading it, when I'm reading it, you know. And do, like in terms of men and male psyche, do you think, what what is it about this book that like, because like obviously women and three-year-old girls and loads of people like this yeah, book, but course, um, yeah. is there something, I guess, maybe at one with nature or like sort of the battle with the beast or... Yeah, well, absolutely. Look, and, uh, you know, Hemingway is kind of, you know, he's a man's man as well. Everybody kind of, you know, especially every writer wants to be like a Hemingway. You know, he went off to the wars and he, and, he, and, he, and you know, he went out to Cuba and he did that, that, that big game fishing and big game hunting and all that stuff. But it's really, I think, um, like you say, I mean, you know, I think women buy more, more, a lot more fiction books than men. So there's, it's obviously them who, who's made it. A classic but uh, yeah but guys read less and if guys are going to read fiction this is the type of book they would read for sure and i think it probably is all those things like you say he's kind of unapologetically kind of um for want of a better word i suppose macho you know he, he's mm. kind of um you know about talking about man's struggle and a man must endure and you know no man can be this uh a man can be destroyed but not defeated you know these kind of lines mm. that are really kind of inspiring you know uh, yeah and it is from a bloke's point of view it is from a, this this old man as well you know which, um which i personally always kind of like reading about because i kind of and write about actually someone pointed out to me any time i've ever written that there's always kind of a strong kind of older kind of uh man character in there because i have such good kind of male role models for like all the generation kind of i've always had those kind of guys so for me personally yeah I think if you have someone like that that kind of reminds you of that's maybe part of it you know and like that yeah he's like one of nature he's, he's doing something cool he, he he's you know he's going against this monster of a fish who he loves and talks about it as his brother so it's all this beauty to it but kind of like a strong beauty you know and he's just you know he, he's just so honest as well i mean that's another yeah. thing i love about it and all these books is, is the honesty of them he he, and he's a very simple kind of a man as well. Even though he's intelligent, he probably wouldn't think of himself as intelligent. He's very simple goals, simple life, and may just maybe uneducated, but certainly not unintelligent. And it kind of reminded me like, in the beginning, which is the old man is not down and out, but kind of past it and kind of ridiculed a little bit. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of you know that horrible feeling of you know Willie Loman and Death Salesman just kind of trying to keep going with something when he should probably just retire and pack it in but he he doesn't it's not 
he kind of redeems himself in the book. So it's kind of got that nice, like you say, was it defeated but not destroyed, or destroyed but not defeated? Yeah, this, uh, destroyed but not defeated. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they both, they both sound good. The way it works both well. ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he kind of there's an ability to him that that he's kind of given in the book. Which, uh, uh, absolutely, yeah. And I think that's what I was, what 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 made me, um, I don't know, fall in love with the book so much was was the end because okay, again, spoiler here, you know, when when everything goes wrong for him it's very ups- it's very sad because you've been through this journey with him and you're like god damn it why could you know come back a legend after catching this giant fish and all and when he does just kind of you know he, yeah he's upset about it but you know he's going to be okay because he's above it all and he, and he and he just goes and he just chills you know he, yeah. he relaxes and he dreams of his of his of one of his happiest memories so he's not he's not he's sleeping easy he's he's not tormented he he's going to be okay so if he's going to yeah. be okay you are as a reader you're like well why should i be so yeah, upset about it either he's got he, grace he, and he's moved yeah. past it yeah and and, and the, the, the local villagers feel sorry from all that and the, the little boys he's a great character as well kind of crying for him but the old man himself is just he's been through it all anyway you know you just been through his wife dying he's been through god knows what else and he's you know he's going to be okay and again you know yeah if you have kind of male or female kind of role models that like you know have, you know, are from an older generation. My granny was like, like this, or, you know, my mother-in-law, my, my, my yeah. Uh, they just, they take things on the chin so much better than, you know, people who are uh, yeah. younger. My granddad, you know, they're Jesus guys. You're like, well, I thought this was going to upset them. And they just kind of take it. Yeah, they've been through a lot. Yeah, it is. So there's a lesson to it. Yeah, there's a lesson to it there as well. Yeah, you know what? Tomorrow's going to be better. I guess the simplicity of it, and just there's something nice about reading about people going about a job working with their hands just like the physical labor and the the lunch and the 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 sleeping like you say and it's kind of cathartic to read as well i think yeah absolutely it's, it is yeah cathartic is a good word for it i mean you know usually kind of talking talking someone in the bedtime i always like it just you know but at the same time sometimes you're tired and you, uh, you know yeah yeah but like i'm lo- like i love it now because i just go up and read a couple of pages you now it just kind of chills me out relax me and whatever the day was you know i finish it up or you know, at nine o'clock, I just read a couple of pages. Like, you know, it's feel good after them. Kind of obviously yeah. like the idea of reading to Bonnie and and, and her digging. So it is yeah. it's kind of relaxing. It's an, it's a nice relaxing read. Yeah, and you know, you're going to have to take her fishing now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, she's itching to go fishing. Yeah, she thinks all fish are good, like the size of the house. Like, well, actually, right. yeah, she like we she did ask me. We went outside the front and everything, and wanted to measure how took out a measuring tape, you know, to see, oh, see. how big the fish was. Like she's, she's oh, on wow. about it the whole time, you know. Wow, that's um, great. So it is. It's cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talk about. Oh, do you want to read a quote from that book? There's a bit here that stuck out for me as well. That again, it kind of goes back to, you know, you're asking about what is it about that might appeal to male readers, uh, and, and this is just I just reading. I was kind of laughing just because it is so kind of, you know, he's yeah. kind of a, so manly or whatever, you know. Is this I when mean, he's re- reeling in a fish? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, just no. It's, it, yeah, he's still reeling in the fish here. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's just, I don't know, uh, just read it. Um, so, yeah, he, he's in the middle of reeling the fish. He's, you know, he's in, he's in bits, he's in pain. His hands are all cut up. It's, one of his hands is completely cramped shut. And he's looking at the fish and the fish had jumped, you know, so he got a bit of a look at him. He says, um, I wonder why he jumped, the old man thought. He jumped almost as though to show me how big he was. I know now, anyway, he thought. I wish I could show him what sort of a man I am. But then he would see the cramped hand. Let him think I am more man than I am, and I will be so. I wish I was the fish, he thought, with everything he has, against only my will and my intelligence. He settled comfortably against the wood and took his suffering as it came, and the fish swam steadily, and the boat moved slowly through the dark water. 
There was a small sea rising with the wind coming up from the east, and at noon, the old man's hand, the old man's left hand was uncramped. Bad news for you, fish, he said, and shifted the line over the sack that covered his shoulders. He was comfortable but suffering, although he did not admit the suffering at all. <laughs> I just thought that yeah. was kind of, you it's know, nice. you know yeah. it's, it's nice about him to fish, but again, it just, you know, nobody likes suffering or and all this, and this guy's so awesome, he's just like, deals with this yeah (laughs) yeah no there's a lesson there great well uh, we talk about your last choice which i have read um high fidelity yeah so again Uh, this is nick hornby nick hornby yeah this was one i i I think as my brother maybe might have read this person as i said when it first came out i think everybody was reading it but yeah he just said to me because he doesn't read much um and he just said to me, like, uh, or he doesn't read much fiction books, you know. Uh, uh, he's a total imbecile. He, is <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, he, he read this and just said, this book spoke to me. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a powerful statement, you know. Yeah. Um, is he so, into music? Yeah, yes, very much into music. Yeah. Um, but it was more just about this every man kind of, given, given you, you know, a very... The point of view that that the, the, the narrator talks for, I don't think, had really been done to the same extent. You know, the likes of Roddy Doyle and stuff with the van, certainly with middle-aged men and that. But just, a, um, just a young guy. You know how he deals with with sex, with music, with his life. It was very unusual, you know, and and I think that's what he meant. And when I read it, I was like, Jesus, you know, it's such a funny book as well. But yeah. Just his 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 honesty in this character that. If, if handled differently, he, he, the character might come across a little unlikable, but it's it, it's so honest and he's so normal that, you know, he really isn't. He's just very likable, yeah. uh, relatable guy. I think that's what it, what this book is. It's just, it's very, very relatable uh, for any guy who, especially, you know, he, I think, you know, Hornby would have been maybe a decade ahead of us. Or, but still, you know, things hadn't changed that much. So he's talking about when he was a teenager, as a kid, it's like, Jesus Christ, you have those memories as well. You know, and I certainly hadn't read a book that really kind of took a look at that, you know. Yeah, I guess people were so, before like CDs or or having all the music you can get at your fingertips, like mixtapes were so big. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. Like like, everyone in the 80s and 90s would have been recording stuff off the radio or making like, you were constantly sort of searching for music or thinking about what it represented for you. And which is the same, I guess, with any kind of, young person um although how old is he he's meant to be in his 20s he's is it ter- he's, or 30s he's 35, but he, 35 he, okay yeah he's 35 <laughs> but he got but he goes over all his, all his relationships from school up so he's 35 when the like in the present but of course yeah he goes back to when he's a teenager when he's in his 20s or so yeah no it's great it's a great it's it's a fun book it's very joyful it's it, the constant lists of things and i think it's very relatable like it's he's it's a different type of male book in that he's like an obsessive music nerd um yeah but it but still cool i think um i keep thinking of john uh, john cusack in the film i think he just was perfect for it and and jack black it really kind of made him you know more than perfect for the role oh there. absolutely yeah yeah i haven't watched the the new version of it because i don't know how you can improve on on him and jack black and the other guy they were a great trio yeah, well, look, you, you you can't improve on them. You know, I did watch the the show, and I was really pleasantly surprised with it. Um, you know, obviously, it's um, it's 
you know, because it's a woman, is, is the John Cusack role instead. And I was thinking, is this going to be a bit of a gimmick, you know? And it is so kind of from the, you know, the guy's point of view, especially reading the book, actually, I forgot how kind of much it deals with kind of sexuality and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, but anyway, you know, I haven't seen the film many times and read the book many times, actually. But uh, um, I wasn't sure how it worked, but it, I really thought it did. I mean, it only got the one season. I think it's been cancelled, mm-hmm. but the, the first season is just the uh, the high fidelity story, you know. So maybe mm-hmm. it would have been maybe the second season wouldn't work. But as a fan yeah. of the if you're a fan of the book or the film, it's just kind of I just love seeing it, yeah. in, uh, you know, as another kind of slant on it. And I think they they I think they pulled it off, you know. I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought she was likable. Yeah. I guess it's so watchable, like it's so watchable. You know, after seeing it, I think if they did try to get another Everyman and John Cusack and another Jack Black, how can you? So, in one sense, you know, at least it being uh, women in those roles, it, they're different enough that you're not comparing, yeah. you know, the, 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 them so much. And it does, it does work, you know. And, and they, because it's a show, the stuff that's in the uh, that's in the book that's not in the film that are, that's in mm-hmm. the show, you know. So I totally enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I said, I just love that story so much. You could just, yeah, you know, it's really watch fun. it or check yeah. it out in any other ways. Yeah. And do you, what do you think his deal is? It's just, you can't commit or he's just trying to get over his past heartbreaks or. I get, yeah, I suppose that is it. Um, I'd say she just left him because he, he's a bit kind of, he, he's kind of a grumpy, he's probably a bit of a shit boyfriend, I suppose. And, yeah. But when she leaves him, uh, he realizes what he's missing, you know, and, and that, you know, sometimes that does happen, you know, you take things for granted. I, I don't know if it's a can't commit thing or anything. I, I would kind of look at I it guess because, yeah, he's always in relationships. He is, yeah. yeah. They always leave him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's probably just a bit, you know, he's kind of a grumpy guy when he, he comes in. He's 35 now. He didn't really amount to what he wanted to amount to. So he's probably just a bit of a pain to hold to hang around with. And so, so she leaves. And, I, you know, what happens in both the film and the book is you don't like her at the start, you know, and it's just really written that you end up really, you know, seeing things from her point of view and yeah. really liking the Laura character, you know, which yeah, I like think you is great. Date him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's great because you are in his head, you know, so you're you're on his side and yeah. she's after breaking his heart. He doesn't like her. And like, but the more he tells the story, you know, and then, then the more he starts, like, you know, wanting her back and all that. And then you start wanting her back for him, you know. So I'd say he was just kind of a bit, yeah, and he kind of realised then what, what he was missing and, and wanted to get her back. He kind of starts looking back at his old girlfriends and seeing where it all went wrong. You know, it's the whole premise, obviously, you know. Yeah, and I think it was interesting when he he finds out the reason why they might have broken up with him and, and it really, like, resolves yeah. so much, like, sort of insecurities or guilt he's had over the years. And, and I think that, like, it's kind of a lesson and you never know what someone else is going through or what they're thinking and... Yeah, um, yeah, and there's a funny bit in that, like that's both in the film actually and in the book that, um, <laughs> like, he, whatever the first one gets back is this horrific, you know, it's really kind of unpleasant story about, you know, uh, is this the high the, school one? The or? high school one, yeah, you know, yeah. and like, so she, she had a real horrible memory for her to, you know, kind of think back on at the end. He's like, this is great, you know, I should have done this <laughs> ages ago, you know, he puts her through it again, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he feels yeah. better, you know, so, uh. Yeah, yeah, he's I, a very selfish character. But, well, um, yeah, but, again, but but relatable. We all are. We're all kind of narcissistic about our own kind of pasts that way ab- as well. Ab- absolutely, and like I mean, in Hornby says it in about a boy about you're you know you're the star of your own show, star of the wheel show or whatever is that. But in this, it's very much like that. And you could say he's selfish, but I think what again what drew me so much to it is. I, I don't think he's that selfish in terms of, you know, like you say, everybody is a bit like that. I think he's just really, really honest because you're in his head. You know, he, he has no filter. So 
he's a good bloke, but he's do, he does some 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 bad things as well, like everybody. And it's his honesty in it that really appealed to me. In that he 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 does little things that we've all done, you know. Like there's a bit in it or versions of that. There's a bit in it at Laura's dad's funeral where his buttons are being pushed, and he, he goes, "I'm not going to leave when I'm in Laura's. I'm not going to leave when I'm in Laura's dad's funeral." And he goes, "I leave," you know, just because yeah. it's just a bit petty. And then there's a bit right after that where they're about to have sex, and he he um because she had kind of left him with this other guy, he, he asked her, you know, does she have any protection or whatever? Yeah. And then later on, he's kind of like, you know, did I really care about that? Or was I just saying that to her to kind of make her feel a little bit bad because it's the first time I had a bit of, you know, yeah. that I could hurt her a little bit, you know, which is kind of a messed up thing to do on her funeral. And you could say what a prick or selfish, but at the same time he was really hurt. And he's just like, mm-hmm. And it is the kind of thing, you know, yes, he had his right to ask the chef protection, but it was kind of a hurtful thing for her to hear. And yeah. he was kind of wondering, did I say that because I'm worried about contracting a disease or did I say that because I wanted to remind her how much he kind of hurt me, you know? So there's little things yeah. like that I just thought were really good. Whatever, I think that, you know, they, they find, you find out that he, you know, they actually had an affair on her and that she had, um, you know, <laughs> like he got a pregnant, she had an abortion, all this kind of horrible shit that happened to her yeah. because of him. And you're like, ah, oh, God, you know, maybe, maybe he, you know, this guy kind of jumped the shark a little bit here. And then, you know, he goes, okay, you know, yes, I'm an asshole, I'm an asshole, sure. Because, but, you know, it's something along the line, I'm probably paraphrasing here, but, you know, go off, write down the five worst things you've ever done in your life, you know, and then you got to realize yeah. who's the asshole now, you know? Yeah, so yeah. So just say, look, you know, there's, there's nobody coming out of this kind of that, that are perfect, you know, apart from maybe his characters, maybe. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> the old man. The, yeah, the old man. But it's just, you know, there's just, there's just a kind of um, a blunt honesty to the character that, and out of the three books, this one was absolutely probably the most influential in my own uh, writing or in the middle place, certainly. The, um, it, that honesty or, or that, that he, he talks from a guy around the same age as me and just letting you inside your head, like letting, letting someone inside your innermost kind of thoughts that you know that yeah. people probably do everybody does wear little little masks and 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 and, and, and that kind of thing with probably everybody but yeah with, with hornby and the way i did it with with the middle place because he's dead he had, doesn't have that filter anymore he doesn't have to wear that mask so it's just total honesty about his shortcomings and about you know maybe good yeah. things he's done you know and, and that hornby completely does that um in that book you know i think just that that uh, yeah again that honesty I, I just I don't remember reading before that I, I did read that it someone called it coming of age for middle-aged men but I mean I think it's for anyone middle-aged really like it, you can only go so far like coasting on without like kind of considering your partner's needs and like kind of meeting them halfway and you might have to change a little bit yeah so he, he's trying to get by as far as he can That's being a himself but I read a great quote by Harry Enfield he said on reviewing the, the book, he said, it's brilliant. A very funny and concise explanation of why we men are as we are. If you're a male, you should read it and then make your partner read it. So they will no longer hate you, but pity you instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's spot on. And, yeah, because it's sort um, of in, inoffensive. Like you, don't, you don't hate any of the characters in no, it. No, like they're you, all like... You kind of want to hang out with them, really. Absolutely. And I think what you said there before that about it being a common age for middle-aged men is... Is, is is dead right and it's probably a, a time you don't realize that that you know that is it you know the, you know mid-30s is another coming of age time because are you settling down are you having kids are you getting married whatever it is you know and and, and especially probably you know our generation and you know his generation maybe that might have been more defined maybe a generation two before that you know you know getting the 
uh, 60s, 70s, you know, you're kind of getting married in your 20s and, you know, the, yeah. you know, and maybe 80s, 90s, 90s, certainly now, nobody wants the fun to, you know, the 20s yeah. to end and you're, you're, yeah. you're pushing that through the 30s and then you're like, shit, do, do I have to start? settling down now and can't yeah. be, you know party and then you have to figure out all your shit you gotta go back and yeah. what's really, what, what made me this way and yeah and then maybe you don't have the job <laughs> that you wanted yeah. you know like he like in high fidelity doesn't maybe you're not quite where you wanted to be and you know i think that's a brilliant way of putting it. it's exactly what it what it is yeah well i mean i, I did quote those reviews but they <laughs> they summed it up really well <laughs> <laughs> excellent research in that case <laughs> Do you have a, a, any particular quote from that book you'd like to read? Not so much in this one. I mean, there's like with this one, so much in I, it. I think it's just a book that um, it really is just so funny. That I mean, that's the main thing that comes out. Eh? Like, yeah. It is so funny and just kind of uh, relaxingly funny, if you know what I mean. It just kind of yeah. a little guy that make you chuckle, you know. But yeah. there was one page that just kind of came out here. I think it kind of sums up kind of what um, what kind of guy he is and perhaps why it is so you know relatable with kind of. Uh, average Joe's everyday guys everybody he says my genius if I can call it that is to combine a whole load of averages and averageness into one compact frame I'd say that there were millions like me but there aren't really lots of blokes have impeccable music taste but don't read lots of blokes read but are really fat lots of blokes are sympathetic to feminism but have stupid beards lots of blokes have a Woody Allen sense of humor but look like Woody Allen and I just thought that was kind of, kind yeah. of, kind of summed them up and you know yeah so it's funny really you, you mentioned Woody Allen because I was thinking John Cusack kind of reminds me of like an indie Woody Allen he's kind of got that like obsessive mumbling uh kind of yeah. funny yeah. angry or not angry but kind of very sad, dour personality but just utterly likable as well like he just um, he, he, he just gets away with it yeah <laughs> Although I know Woody, Woody Allen's not as likable now <laughs> like that kind of character really. yeah yeah well uh, yeah Woody Allen yeah I'm still a fan I don't know I don't know what the, what the crack is with all that stuff but um yeah no I think that uh that, that's spot on as well I mean it, it it was just who else could you cast in that like I mean I remember at the time Hornby was saying he couldn't understand. He couldn't. He thought it was a very British book, you know. And how, how could you set it in Chicago? Yeah. But it, just, it, it totally translates, and you know, having John Cusack in there as because he was such a Hollywood star, but he was kind of a like 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 that everyman thing, and yeah, the Woody yeah. Allen, like a like a handsome Woody Allen. Um, he's perfect. Actually, that's just popped up to me. Had another big cast bit in the book where um, he describes himself. You know how he looks. He's kind of and he goes like people told him he looked like Peter Gabriel. You know, just, <laughs> like you know, kind of good looking, I guess. You know, you know, no Jude Law, but you know Peter Gabriel. Yeah, uh, So it's kind of like okay, you know, but you know John Cusack is kind of like that. Yeah, he's, he's handsome, but you know, he's not a you know pin up guy or anything. You know. Um, yeah, but his personality kind of makes up the rest, whatever. Yeah, lacking. <laughs> but, it does. Um, but then, yeah. like, you know, like I'm thinking, it, you know, wouldn't translate into Chicago. The same thing went said for, you wouldn't think it would translate into being a woman, like the show did. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. It's just, they're kind of universal themes, I suppose, you know. Yeah, so, I forgot um, that it, it was written as an English character. So I wonder, um, it's been a while since I read it. I wonder, I just see it as an American book. Really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, again, you know, UK, Ireland are, are you know, very similar you know, in terms of, you know, schools and date, you know, dating rituals, I suppose, would be quite different here and in the UK than they are in America, you know? Yeah, um, we, so yeah we, we don't date. We don't date. <laughs> the fact that we don't There's date. There's no dating. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that Irish guys have no game at all. <laughs> um, but um, Actually, it would be interesting to see an Irish kind of version of that. 
Yeah, do you know, I, I went to do a, um, I thought it'd be great to do as a one-man play. And I actually started, this is the copy, I had it all highlighted and everything. I, I, got, I got about as far as the highlighter and that, that was where it ended. But I always thought it would be a great kind of one-man play. Um, but I kind of looked into getting the rights for it and all and does it some big uh, musical for oh. it at the moment oh, uh, no. on Broadway. <laughs> that's a good few years back now. But, uh, yeah, so but that's very different to one man. You can still yeah, do I'd, I'd have to do a kind of great, yeah, kind of without any, um, what's the word, you know, uh, copyright or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without being allowed to, basically. But it'd be a lot of work to do for something that the rights to, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it is very relatable for Irish guys. You know, the, it, it, like the, the film is, but the book is that there's, there's a lot in the book that you just, if you're, I think, from Ireland or, you know, it's the UK, you're going to go, oh, Jesus, I remember that when I was a teenager. I remember that when. Um, so before we finish, is there is there anything that's caught your attention over lockdown, like TV shows or books or that you've been reading, or not that like you have um, to be because yeah, you don't have a I, brain fog. But I read a yeah, I read a great book. Um, it was I don't tend to read uh, nonfiction actually, but I'm kind of starting to more now. And I read a great book called um, The Catalpa Rescue, which um, is about a bunch of Fenians and. 1860s being sent off to Australia and a bit of rescue mission sent for them. <laughs> My oh, friend actually got it for yeah. me. He's a re- he, he, said, he said he read it. He said it's the only book he ever <laughs> that and the book about uh, Kyle Glass, the American sniper guy. It's the only two books that ever made him cry, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he sent this book to me. And um, anyway, I have everybody in my yeah. family reading it now as well. It, it was just like it's just one of the most swashbuckling, real, like true life stories yeah. ever heard these guys are so heroic so that kind of book is one that stood out for me because books don't tend to stand out for me anymore i don't know maybe i'm too critical of them or something but yeah yeah them enough i'll read a book and i go you have to read this you know it, it doesn't really happen to me anymore which is kind of yeah. sucks but um uh, that helped me with that i thought it was just oh, such right. a great story well thank you for talking to me today and yeah, for sharing all these and they're just books that you love but of course you could talk yeah. forever about them you know yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think they're they're popular for a reason, these ones. So Well, they, they are. And that's when you read them, you know, like I was saying about, you know, feel bad about myself when I read Hemingway. But, you know, it's no, it's good. You are genuinely competing with all these that you want to be as good as these guys, you know. So yeah, good to reread and study and, uh, and learn from as well, you know. I, you know yeah. For any writer out there, you know, it is worth seeing what these guys have done. And they're all, all three books are quite different as well. But yeah, no, it's fun, fun to talk about them. Okay, thanks so much.